Vail Beaver Creek, Colorado is gearing up for the Audi FIS Men's World Cup ski races over the days ahead. But this season, the races at the traditional venue take on added significance as in 62 days, Colorado will welcome the world hosting the 2015 FIS Alpine Ski World Championships from February 2nd to the 15th. It is the first time the championships are returning to the United States since 1999. You're listening to the latest Around the Ring podcast. I'm Brian Pinelli. It surely is a big weekend of ski racing ahead on the slopes of Beaver Creek, and I'm joined by Vale Beaver Creek 2015 President and CEO Seal Foles. Seal, welcome. Just how much are the races this weekend, uh, beginning with Friday's downhill, a dress rehearsal, and I guess stepping stone for February's World Championships? Hi, Brian. Um, you know, it's funny. We had our first team captains meeting last night, and I actually said that because by now we're a regular World Cup staff. We've gotten to know, obviously, the coaches, the athletes, the fifth team very well. And so in so many ways our World Cup is very traditional. But this year, as you said, with the World Championships just 58 days away, um, it really is a dress rehearsal for us. So we um, said last night we think of this as more of a test event where we're trying out some of our World Championships things so we'll be able to see um, in advance what's working what's not and be able to tweak and fix those things that aren't. So we're really ready for the World Championships. And how are uh, snow conditions? It seems that uh, over the past uh, few weeks, uh, both the Vail Valley and Summit County has uh, received a nice uh, blessing of snow to uh, make uh, make the mountains white. Yeah, I'm telling you, these were some of the best early season conditions we've had in maybe 20 years. Um, Vail opened up more terrain than I think they have done in 25 years. And for us on the race course, the track is in fantastic shape. Uh, the racers are all thrilled with that, and, you know, we've got enough snow for everybody else who's here to get some skiing in, too, so it's a win-win. Yeah, obviously, uh, as we've been discussing, a, a big difference in this weekend's World Cup races. I just saw a photo of, of the Red Tail Stadium, and it looks magnificent. Just tell us a little bit about how preparations have been going and, uh, you know, what's different from an, both an aesthetic and a logistical perspective uh, there at the race venue. Yeah, you know, for us, because our venue is actually located a little bit up the mountain, it's accessed by, you can ski to it, but you can also take a bus and walk to it. But at the same time, it's a little bit in the middle of nowhere. So <laughs> building a, a really pretty substantial stadium all fall in preparation for the World Championships has um, added a new dimension for sure to our World Cup as well. So we're learning how to move around this new stadium and all these bleachers and a lot of VIP spaces. And um, so it's going to be, it's exciting to see it. It really gives a whole new look to the stadium for sure. Um, and again, it's also a great opportunity for us to just figure out how we're going to move people around efficiently and effectively. Yeah, just just following up on that last answer, what what essentially will be different for, you know, both fans and media and, and visitors from around the world uh, come February? Yeah, you know, for our World Championships, we really um, felt pretty early on that we wanted to make them uniquely American. And by that, I mean, if you were in America and you went to a football game or a basketball game, we have certain ways of doing things. And um, we want to bring that to ski racing for two reasons. One, it's a little bit of how we celebrate, and we think that's exciting anyway, but also for the rest of the world to feel like they're not any place else in the world but America. So I think that part of it with cheerleaders and marching bands and the way we do our live show. And uh, we have free concerts every night. As a matter of fact, today we start announcing our, our lineup. So celebrating American music. I think all of that is really going to be the stamp on our world championships that makes it 
different than if you were in Europe for one. Well, you definitely just answered my next question. Of course, uh, such a great tradition of World Cup ski racing in the Alps and Austria and Switzerland and France and Italy. But, you know, the United States, uh, you know, Vail Beaver Creek hosted races at the first World Cup back in uh, 1967 and has been a regular stop since the early 80s. I, I guess the question is similar to your, your last answer. How do you kind of build upon that and kind of bridge the gap between such a great tradition and, uh, you know, doing it the American way? Yeah, you know, Brian, I do think that's, um, you touched on a great point as well. You know, Bob Yaddy, one of the fathers, along with Serge Lang of the modern-day World Cup, um, will always say that Vail is really where it started. And so we do want to celebrate that history and probably remind people maybe that that's, that that's how that began as well. So we will celebrate that piece. But I do think also, you know, I go to a lot of races in Europe, and I love it. The energy, the enthusiasm. I've said before that the heartbeat of ski racing really lives in Europe, particularly Austria. But um, it's alive here as well, and I think sometimes people may not know that or see that. So I think that's our big piece is, first off, to show to the world that ski racing is has a great fan base in the U.S., but also to build our fan base in the U.S. That's um, been a real focus for us as well that – you know, if we can take even a small percentage of growth in the U.S., that is an enormous growth for ski racing, and we think it's a great opportunity with our world championships. Sure. Well, having recently spoken with uh, Sarah Lewis, FIS Secretary General, she said it, it's important for, for the sport of ski racing in the FIS. I mean, obviously, uh, many, many, many people ski uh, ski in the United States, not as much ski race, but uh, nevertheless, it's, it's a market that can still grow. I, I guess, arguably, over the past five, six years, it's been one of the greatest eras of U.S. ski racing, including the Sochi and Vancouver Olympic names, obviously with stars like Bodie Miller, Ted Ligeti, Lindsey Vaughn, and of course our newest sensation Olympic slalom champ and Vale hometown girl Michaela Schifrin. What, what do you hope and envision, Seal, that these world championships can do for the image of the sport in the United States, where there's obviously a, a lot of competition with football, baseball, and basketball? Yeah, Brian, I think that's such a great point. You know, we are, we, we have this this beautiful opportunity to bring the world championships, one of the great, you know, competitions in ski racing and one of the all-time great U.S. ski teams together. That, that absolutely has never happened, actually. In <laughs> both 89 and 99, the ski team was not nearly as strong. So that, we think, actually does give us kind of the springboard um, into the U.S. And the other piece, you know, the U.S., we love our characters. We actually love personalities. You know, Bodie, you know, uh, what's not to love about us? <laughs> think about our past. The past ski racers who have, you know, moved out of just the skiing venue and become something that more Americans know who don't even know anything about skiing, those are generally the people that have a lot of characters. And Lindsay absolutely is in that model. Um, and Michaela certainly has crossed over in that, even the Ju Julia Mancuso. So the fact is we really have five names on our U.S. ski team that a lot of Americans know, and that allows them that when they tune in the ski racing, they're going to feel like they already have a connection to somebody in there. And that really helps Americans kind of cross over into a sport they may not be familiar with. Yeah, sure. Uh, what about this, this course, uh, men's, we, we should mention that this weekend, uh, the men will be in action Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, the ladies this past weekend were in Aspen and, and they'll come to Vail Beaver Creek, obviously in February. But, uh, men's downhill training begins today on the vaunted Birds of Prey, Prey course that has been raced since, uh, I believe 1997. Uh, I've heard that, uh, FIS, uh, race directors have set a straighter, faster course with bigger jumps and uh that will also be the the case for the world championships just uh tell us uh, a little bit about that 
Yeah, you know, Birds of Prey was actually built for our 1999 World Championship, so it's by far the greatest legacy of those championships that has become, um, I like to say, it's at least the number two course on the men's tour. Uh, the, the other great thing about Birds of Prey is that it's almost a perfect course in that we can run the downhill, the Super G, the GS, and the Slalom all in the same course, which is amazing. That said... You know, the downhill and the Super G, those things are very special to us. And so one of the things we're thrilled with is that Hannes Trinkle, uh, new with the SIS, is, uh, course guy for the men's side, has really said he wanted to kind of go old school and bring some of the, bring some of the challenges of the course back. So work more with the terrain, um, not necessarily try to modify it so much. And so we're seeing that absolutely in our course um, management and the course set today. And I think it's going to be exciting, and I think the athletes are really taking to that as well. It's a great challenge for them. Sila, if you don't mind me saying, you've uh, you've been fortunate to work on uh, all three uh, World Alpine Championships that have been contested in Vail there in 99 and, and back in the early 80s. Just Just tell me a little bit personally, uh, about the progress you've seen there in the in the ski racing community, and obviously uh, holding some pretty major races there in Vail Beaver Creek. Yeah, I know. I always feel it's so unique. <laughs> first off, for Vail Beaver Creek to host the three world championships of you know, only Saint Moritz is equal to us in that. So that's an amazing thing as a community, anyway. But for me to be a volunteer for the '89 championships and then '99 um, be responsible for the operations, and then now be responsible for the whole thing is amazing. And Maybe it's just because I'm responsible for the whole thing, but this thing feels so much bigger um, than both of our other world championships. And, in fact, it is. We have today 73 countries um, have committed to competing. And in 1999, I think we had 40. So that alone gives you a, an example of how large world championships have gotten in a fairly short period of time. Um, and I would say, you know, when we won, we thought, oh, we've done this before. It won't be that hard. But everything about it is bigger. Everything about it is uh, more challenging in some ways, but also we're doing a lot more. And so we're pretty excited with what our product's going to be that we put out there for the world, and we feel like it will rival any world championships or Olympics um, that anybody's gone to. So that's going to be a great time not only for competitors but for spectators. Last question, Seal, and you have to give me an honest answer. And uh, I'll admit, I actually wanted to ask this question to Bodie Miller and, and Ted Ligeti a couple weeks back. Uh, we, apparently, we're going to see cheerleaders in the finish area. Now, that's cool and fun and obviously an American tradition. But do you think it's really a, a secret ploy to, to throw the Austrian men's team uh, off their game? <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea, considering how well they did on Sunday. We should probably work on that. Yeah, you know, we actually uh, laughed about that. Cheerleaders are an American thing, and we have all these donors that have helped support the World Championships, and as a joke, I used to say one of the benefits is they can help select the cheerleaders. So we've kind of, um, we're making that work for us all over the place. But, you know, our cheerleaders, the great thing is, of course, they're great-looking girls, um, but they're also really going to excite our crowd just to be cheering for every athlete who comes down the hill. That's a big goal for us as well. Americans do that well. They don't just get caught up in Americanism. They really celebrate great racers. And so we look forward to every single racer who starts and comes through the finish is going to get a really big Colorado welcome. So we're excited about that. And cheerleaders will lead that effort. <laughs> All right, Seal. Thanks so much for speaking with us today. We look forward to an exciting week of World Cup racing and obviously continue to count the days down until the World Championships in February. Around the Rings will continue coverage of, of, of the championships over the months ahead. And, of course, be sure to follow Around the Rings online on Facebook and Twitter. Again, this is Brian Pinelli. Thanks for listening.